What up, Army of Cunts? Before we start the show, we want to remind you that we have a catalog of over 200 episodes. You can access these and so much more content at patreon.com slash hot mess. That's right. At the $5 level, you get a best of compilation of our 25 most fire episodes behind that paywall. Pew, pew, pew. We got guests like Corinne Fisher from what? Guys We Fucked. Oh my God. We have Shaq Stanley from Wild and Out. I love him. We have Dan Soder from Geico. Shut the fuck up. So many good people. A lot of juicy shit happened at the beginning of the Hot Mess anthology also. And at the $10 level, you get the entire back catalog plus two bonus shows. That's patreon.com slash hot mess. Cut the music up. A little louder. Trying to steal your heart Never really had luck Couldn't ever figure out how to love Wow How to love You had a lot of moments that didn't last forever Now you're in the corner trying to put it together How to love Oh, this is like your song How to love I see why you like this For a second you were here Now you're over there It's hard not to stare at the way you're moving your body Like you never had When you was just a young and your looks were so precious But now you're grown up so fly It's like a lesson but you can't have a man Look at you for five seconds Without you being insecure You never credit yourself So when you got older It seems like you came back ten times over Now you're sitting here in this damn corner Looking through all your thoughts And looking over your shoulder So you had a lot of crooks Trying to steal your heart Never really had a look Welcome to the Hot Mess Comedy Hour. I had you going on your own for a minute 45. I didn't know where to stop. I mean, I didn't want to stop. I Honestly, I was taken away by the music. Did you guys ever... Do you know this song, Andrew? No, I have no idea. This, is this a Lil Wayne song? Yes. By the way, welcome to the show, Hannah Burner. <laughs> I've... I am speechless. Yes. I'm speechless. Was I it thought, powerful for you? I thought Lil Wayne was in the room. Oh my God. Thank you. I like you transitioned from like a pretty accurate Wayne to just like a country twang. Like a I know. Bing, you know, bong. it's so hard to do. I kind of, I wish, I didn't think of this until during, but I wish that I had gotten a lighter. You know how in the beginning of every song there's like mm. a... Mm-hmm. I've always wondered if that's a sound effect or if he literally lights up a blunt. I'd like to hope that he lights I, up a blunt. Me too. I'm going to go out on record and say he probably does. The music video for this song was epic. Did it's, you ever see the music video no, for this? I don't know anything about the song. Okay, well, my senior year of college, um, I had cable, but I would exclusively watch the game show network and MTV hits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, what else? Naturally. And yeah. that's uh, that's when this song came out. And so the video would play all the time. And it was about, it was a story. Mm-hmm. So it followed a girl from her childhood into adulthood. Yeah, it's and very her like mom, woman's perspective. Yeah, and her mom. Uh, He's such a feminist. Yeah. He really Honestly, like I was getting choked up listening to you. I remember listening to it when I was young and like I've literally had like one Casual, very casual boyfriend. I was like, oh my god, I don't know how to love. Oh yeah, literally. <laughs> at that age, you're just like, this is about me. You're like, I'm 21 and I've only had sex with two guys, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that one of them was the one. <laughs> I could see myself being one. a stripper. <laughs> oh my god, if I married the guy I was crushing on when I was 20, oh, oh nightmare, Lord. nightmare. I used to have. Well, I had songs for like every single crush, like mm-hmm. the like like theme songs for my oh, love yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, but it like ruins all you. those songs. Oh, yeah. Like the whole time period that you're listening to a group of songs that you're dating someone, you got a nip in the bud. Oh, yeah. I can never That's how you move to- on. Yeah. Unless you like your bad emotions. I do kind of like my bad emotions. I mean, I love you know, my bad emotions. You know when, you know when like... <laughs> <laughs> like you listen to something sad because you want to cry. Because you want to be sad. I'm not a masochist like that. Oh, oh really? I, I don't want to feel. I will listen to Tim. <laughs> you don't know how to love. I don't know how to love. 
in the video though uh there's this part so it follows her from childhood to adulthood and it's mm-hmm. like her mom didn't leave her dad and her dad's abusive and he ends up in mm. jail it shows her like visiting him in jail it's epic it's like what would entire, you do if your son was at home it's oh, an that entire is triggering that, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an entire like full-length feature film essentially yeah. boiled down into a music video but then in the middle she so she becomes a stripper and then she ends up being a prostitute oh, and yeah, yeah. then it shows her in the doctor's office no and, and she, she hates and she has AIDS no no Wayne they're Come like on. you Wayne. have HIV why does it always end with AIDS <laughs> it, oh, can I have one nice thing Bohemian Rhapsody but, was a great movie though that's true yes that's, and that ended great movie AIDS. and AIDS made it but yeah. I feel like all the crushes we have as children are from like what the media tells us of who course. we should like and then you're like why do I like Jason, the douchebag that everyone likes. We're and then like mid-20s, you start realizing, wait, I don't have to like the douchey tall guy. Yeah, you were being like sho- shoved yeah. down your throat was like the tiger beat, like Prince Charming, crazy yeah. narrative that like you'll meet this guy and he'll complete you. And also that you're like not a real person unless you have a significant oh, other, yeah. which is a f- you know really fucked up thing to be part so of. Is, that would be a really interesting project to like make a tiger beat, but you know how they mm-hmm. have those full-length posters mm-hmm. that you put up on your wall and to put with, like yeah. Steve Buscemi on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, to I try to like that. rebrand girls' I mean, emotional love maps. I'm into ugly hot. Yeah. You, like, I love... Oh, you mean you're a woman and you accept <laughs> unattractive guys for their personalities? You mean you have low standards. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I like guys with like I like them looking like they could take a punch and I don't want them to be prettier than me. I like a big, strong nose. I under- it's so funny. A guy would never say that. Yeah, no, oh, never, never. I, I do understand. I, I want like a girl who's are- ugly. Like, I, I want her to look like she could take a punch. I want a smart girl <laughs> that's just like, like a- actually on my level looks wise, not like 10 times hotter than me. Also, like, like she's hot, but like maybe missing a few I, teeth. Yeah. I do have a pet peeve too when girls are like, I just want to meet a guy that can make me laugh. And I'm like, what about you making him laugh yeah yeah well yeah it's it's because i've dated guys who like don't laugh at my shit and i'm like this is not going to work because i will i'm a funny person because i will hate myself if you're making me feel like all my jokes are shit yeah yeah well especially when it's like you joke around and they're like oh that was cute and you're like suck my dick i'm hilarious yeah that was hilarious and one person who doesn't laugh at your shit as you know as comedians could make you feel like you're not funny oh yeah and no one will ever in my future make me feel like that if i'm in a relationship with them they have to think i'm the funniest best person ever well here's the thing and not to fucking point not to go to uh feminazi on (laughs) y'all no uh, please but (laughs) men in general based abortion's illegal let's do it (laughs) based on my experience based on my experience even guys who are not funny for a living still think they're funnier oh a million percent do you remember when we were in a car once with this douchebag i got banned from uber because emily poured water on the lap of a guy who called me a cunt it was a long he stopped what he was doing journey but basically he was like he literally had the audacity one to continue he was in finance he was continuing to tell us how funny he was when it was like i have not laughed once and then he also was like, there's no way you guys could speak for a living. I'm like, are you what? like saying this and if to just, me? If you have to tell someone you're funny, you're not funny. Yeah. 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 It's like saying you're good at sex. It's like yeah. everyone, knows, <laughs> everyone knows you're not. It's just like Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on Trey songs right yeah, now. Right? <laughs> you did not invent sex, baby. I am great at doing the sex. And speaking of doing the sex, you, my friend, got laid. I did the sex. Mazel. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the last time, I think I, I, I spoke... About this man mm-hmm. prior to going on the second date. This gentleman. This, this gentleman. Yeah. And um, and it had took until the fourth date That's for us to bone. That's fucking crazy. Why? I know. Such restraint. So here's what happened. He has a wooden penis. <laughs> I have all these running theories. That he has he a prosthetic didn't have dick. a penis. Had one made of wood. He has erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction. I mean, listen, I've dealt with all of that stuff. Like, the, yeah. those have, things are not yeah. deal breakers. We've all tried to shove a limp dick <laughs> in our mouth <laughs> with just hope in our eyes. Uh, really listen, trying our best. If, uh. if you can bring it back to life. <laughs> oh, God. If you bring it back to life once, then you're always going to try. Yeah. True. Um, even if it's a fruitless effort most of the time. Yeah. Um, but so what happened was the first time... We didn't even kiss the first date. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then the second date, we made out, uh, but we didn't like go. There was no going was back. Was it a to nice anyone. make out? Like, did you yeah, like how we, he so, kissed? 
I did. So we went to a hookah bar. <laughs> and uh, so it was like a fruity kiss. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was like a watermelon like smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. I was like, can you blow smoke in my mouth? There's various tea and oh. herbs. <laughs> Lots of velvet. A messy plate just sloshing around in our mouth. Did you? The, I, miss, I know this place. This is my one of my sacred places yeah, in New Andrea York. Yeah, Andrea introduced me to this I'm place. Not What's like, it called? It's called Sultana. Shout out. And I, I used to go there when East I was Village. like a 20-year-old when I moved to New York because I couldn't drink. Is this where you like trick guys to make out? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm like wearing a mask. I'm like, ah, got gotcha, you, like, motherfucker. This is the place for it. I put, oh, I put, I roofie them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. I, put, I mean, I put drugs in the <laughs> I put drugs in, in the, the hoop. Pipe. Yeah. I mean, it's hoop. like, it's like, I used to go there with my first boyfriend in New York. I We used to go there because he was like a finance douche and I didn't know any better. And, um, and, but we stumbled upon this cool place and, uh, and we would go there cause I couldn't drink cause I was 19, even though I was drinking all over town. But, uh, <laughs> but like, it's just a, it, hookah bars are so corny. Almost all of them. Like I would never be like, I love hookah this bars. This one's not corny no, though. It's the, it's it's the best. It's truly not. And I had a completely different idea. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people have this reaction. Like when somebody would say, want to go to a hookah bar. Yeah. Like, like what I'm are you, 12? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this place was like. I, I knew that if I was going to lay my Mac down, this was going to be the ideal environment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like dim lighting. They're like playing cool music. Yeah. It's really of, good food. Really delicious flutes. drinks. Yeah. Uh, There's a brutal bar downtown that has hookah, but it's like the ratchet hookah that you order at like 1 a.m. and yeah, everyone's yeah. taking from it. And then downstairs, there's an ice room that you... Go Wait, in. Does it have vodka in it? You can it spend money. It starts with an H. It's like it's like a Romanian place. Yes, I've been and there. I've been there, and it and there's a stripper pole too. Uh-huh. It is the most amazing ratchetness. Yeah, oh, and you go in name. and you have to put on a mink coat, yep. and then you drink as much vodka as you want while mm-hmm. you're in this frozen room, and then you get hookah shoved down your throat. It's quite pleasant. They yeah. just give you a fur coat. Yeah. yeah, which is like the, the germs going on in that place. Oh yeah, but I don't care. Once yeah, but I, have, like, I would one feel drink. fabulous. I've been in care. this icebox before, and like they're <laughs> banking on you not being able to drink a, yeah. like a lot of vodka. Yeah. But I was like pre. They lost money with you. Boozer. Oh my god, I went in this vodka room when I was doing SantaCon. <laughs> Oh, oh shit. so you were a prime time. Oh, and I was like, I fucking dare you. <laughs> You're about to lose the money, bitch. <laughs> just me like half eye open, just like pouring Grey Goose. A whole bottle. <laughs> I was like. You're like butt chugging the Grey yeah. Goose in the corner. It's like going in each <laughs> hole. Yeah, it is desanitizing. I bankrupted that place. <laughs> it was great. She's like, that's, and that's why it's no longer yeah. open. <laughs> so you can't go anymore. Sorry. My alcohol. Alcoholism ruined a lot of bars in the Lower East Side. Okay, so so uh, sorry we didn't we totally no it's fine you. it's uh, fine. So you went to the hookah bar, you guys made out. We made out, and yeah. then the next time, I so I was thinking like the next time we would probably have sex, but then what ended up happening was we went back to his place, and then I immediately aggressively got my period. Yeah, mm. and. Uh, this was on a Wednesday. That was the universe saying, wait for this guy. Yeah, I think so. Because you know what? I even. A lot of love. I even like was thinking, you know, I don't know if it's the right time. So, yeah. but. Um, I mean, I'm down to clown with period sex always, but. No, me some too, but maybe not the weird. first time. And I don't know. And, and I'm also like, I'm still trying to be a little mysterious and shit. Sure. You know? And he was kind of like falling back a little. Like he yeah. wasn't like all over trying no, to stick he, his penis inside you. No. Mm-hmm. He was very. He I was love almost, that. Almost yeah. shy. No, I love when. They get you to the point where you're like, can you please touch my boob? Like, yeah. I love a shy, nervous man. Oh. It turns me on so much because no matter how hot you are, if you just ram your hand down my pants, oh my God. I'm off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also, there's something really hot about the dance that's like they're not doing anything. So you kind of like, like I said this on the last show. It's like I'm being pushed to the point where like. You're I need ed- it. You're edging right yeah, now. Yeah, I need so it. So much of the time, you're like 
trying to avoid their advances. Mm-hmm. So the second you're like, how do I make an advance? You're like, do I like, am I in love? Yeah. <laughs> am I in love? <laughs> Are we married? Yeah. So then, so yeah. So it was like, you know, I had to put the kibosh on that. And then. What um, did you say? Now this is I said fuck- something really weird. She said something. Did you say you were on your period? No. So I didn't say it because I was like, I don't know if I want to be like, my menses is in the building. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to always. Just, I feel like you got to be upfront with that. I should have. I do. But sometimes also if I want to have, I used to do this more often. You just when pretend I was having you don't know. One night stands. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, fuck it. So I would, I would be like, I would take them home and then be like, Oh my God, I didn't really like, and you know. Yeah, you'd be I'd like, be, oops. But yeah, because like, he's not going to like search it. He's yeah. Like, Let me see. Yeah, I'm like, well, <laughs> Let me check your period tracker real quick. <laughs> You're already here. You were ovulating so. yesterday. There's no way. <laughs> you knew this was coming. Your There's, breasts have been tender. <laughs> there are a lot of clots here, and I'm going to pull them out of in between my teeth, and then we're going to talk about how much of a liar you are. I'm not going to lie. I have done that before, but like, I don't know. I kind of like this guy, so I, no, didn't, I get it. I, I don't know. So, so I, I I guess you didn't want to have sex anyway, so there's no reason to have to bring up the P. Yeah. Right. The P. I don't know why I called it that. <laughs> I like it. sounded it. like a penis. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I like it. Um, He, yeah, so he starts like putting his hand down toward my, you know. The P. My garden. Towards your lady P. He starts tending my garden. Uh-huh. And um, I. Petting your pubic <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm not. He was it's, braiding it. It's so funny. Cornrow. Yeah. He's doing like a nice French braid. Yeah. On my, on my snatch area. Um, Bedazzling. I, was he I just was, <laughs> moving down and up it? Like, he what? Bedazzled me. <laughs> Um, he put in some B12 for the hair and oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I need that yeah. actually. Do, do the beard oil. Shampoo yeah. You can probably vagina? use beard oil on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. There's yeah. a thing called fur oil. Yeah. That people will put on their vag and it not sponsored, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, into it. I don't know. Like that seems like such an extra thing so to extra. do. It's but like you might as well shave at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. But, uh, <laughs> All right, so he's stroking so he, your so, yeah, bearded it, clam. It it wasn't uh, <laughs> my bearded clam. It wasn't a it wasn't a long thing. It was like a two second thing. Uh huh. But I was like, oh, I don't want you to touch me there. It's like you're. What? You're like, oh, I don't like you near my V. Yeah. So it like came out super it sounds, weird. It sounds like a kid like turning down a pedophile. It's so weird. Yeah. Like my mom said, no, don't t- touch no my body. touching me there. Stranger danger. Um, yeah. So I had to. So he was like, oh, if I went okay. for a guy's dick and he said, you don't have to touch me there. I'd be like, you, you hate you me. Hate me. You yeah. hate me. Yeah. I hope he didn't feel rejected. Yeah, yeah, guys. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. <laughs> I know. We're all like, did you ch- think I, before you do you know this was a mistake? <laughs> I'm not are saying you, I'm proud of it. Are you, are you familiar with how weird this probably came off? I was also stoned. I've gotten stoned uh, every time yeah. we've been together. I think you're both socially anxious people. Yes. You get stoned together. You mm. both say a bunch of weird shit. And yeah, it's we're just acceptable. About touching. I'm not going to lie. We're really weird together. Yeah. But <laughs> I, okay, I love when you find someone you could be playful and weird with. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. means he's your soulmate. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm Lock not going to jump the gun, you'll but never uh, I'm going to propose tonight. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so afterwards, so then I left and afterwards, he cried I, himself to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, don't touch me. I don't want to be touched. I clarified <laughs> the next day. I was like, just so you know, <laughs> I know that that was weird. And, uh, I, I, what happened was I got my period and I like felt weird. I didn't know how to bring it up, which yeah. is embarrassing. Oh, that's but, cute but, that you said that. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was like, oh, well, just so you know, I'm not like squeamish about bodily fluids. I thought he was going to say, oh, just so you know, I got my period too. <laughs> I, men do get their periods, not literally, but hormonally they do. Yeah. I, I bet. Was, I was talking about this. I was live streaming the other day, um, solo, mm-hmm. Andrea, and I, I and I, I call it their myriad. Mm-hmm. It's like the male period. Yeah. And it happens to all of them. But then they're like, oh, women can't be in well, office actually, because our hormonal cycles go on a monthly, obviously, you know, cycle. Mm-hmm. Theirs goes, their spikes and goes uh, down on a daily basis. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're so fucking crazy. Because their hormones I mean, cycle on a daily so basis. I mean, men are so grumpy. Yeah. Like, this so This has turned grumpy. into. Yeah. 
<laughs> we are feminazis. Yeah. Yeah. I recently saw that book that's like how to date men when you hate yeah, men. Yeah, she oh, was a sponsor for Yeah, she was podcast. a sponsor on Amazing. our podcast. Yeah. Amazing. It's yeah. a great book. It is a great book. Everybody should buy it. So <laughs> you slam. Okay, come so. on. <laughs> All right. So he's like, so I'm much not, foreplay. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm not squeamish about bodily fluids. Um, so don't worry about so it. He shoved his head in and your vagina. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay, noted. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, he invited me to go see uh, one of his friend's bands play, and it was a ska band. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Okay, so ska was like popular in the 90s. It's like a combo of reggae and okay. jazz and rock. Oh, okay. It's kind of like... Like No Doubt was kind of okay, ska yes, but I think, okay. But I think true ska fans would say No Doubt was the death of ska. Sure. Okay. But like, they like mainstreamed it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very West Coast, Zoot whatever. Suits. Ska is very dorky. Skanking. Yeah. Do you know the skank? Like the, when people kick aggressively for no yes. reason. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so, and it's always like twenty dudes on the stage play, playing different brass instruments, wearing newsboy caps. It's, it's like very, Mad Max, kind of. <laughs> it's. Do, do you know the scene in Clueless where they go to the dance and yeah. it's like, "Where did you go?" Bam, yeah, bam. yeah, yeah. That's ska. I didn't okay. know ska still existed in modern society. Me neither. But apparently, I feel like is, we're bringing it back this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I love reggae. Uh-huh. I, I, li- I like it. I, I feel like an old mom. I'm like, mm. I loved reggae. I like can in the get day. down with the ska. I love <laughs> Do you Bob like Sublime? Marley. <laughs> Do you like Sublime? You kind of. It's more similar to like Sublime than Bob Marley. Okay, I would say. Okay, but it, but that's not even ska. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay, sorry. I'm like getting really intrigued by the details. The that details. Don't matter no. The story. Yeah. no, I'm fine. I love um, how detail oriented you are. No, you know what? We get very tangential on this show, mm-hmm. and it it is just a route to find out new things about ourselves and each Slam other. Slam in the box. So <laughs> we're at this ska concert. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be so clownish and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I end up having a blast. Sure. I have such a fun time. Of course. And then we go back to his apartment and on the way back to his apartment, I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. Like, I'm not even going to give him the opportunity to sit me down on his couch and start talking to me for two hours. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to push him up against a wall and just start making out with him. Mm -hmm. So my period. It's light. It had stopped. Like, I wasn't wearing tampons. But you know that, like, once there's P in the V, like, the floodgates are going to open. It's going to be like Moses parting the Red Sea all over again. Um, And it's going to be powerful in Mm -hmm. the same way. So just like women, mm-hmm. but, but you know, I was like, I, this is gonna, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. He also already told me that it was cool. So yeah. permission granted, I'm going to bleed all over your apartment then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go, so I push him up against a wall. I start making out with him. Wow. Then we start boning. I'm not even thinking about the blood. Cause also I'm intoxicated. I'm so far gone at mm-hmm. this point that, uh, it's not even a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say one, it, it was very good. Congrats. Thank you. Mazel. Two, um, it, there's like some dim lighting going on. I look down at one point. I, like I said, I had forgotten about the blood and mm-hmm. I see these spots all over my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did I get so bruised? What mm-hmm. what are these bruises from? Mm-hmm. And then I go and I what and I like rub them and they wipe away and I'm like oh I guess it's dirt and I'm saying this all out loud oh okay. yeah it's dirt you know <laughs> sex Just, dirt I'm so dirty <laughs> I'm saying this all out loud and he turns around and he's like no it's blood and I look behind me and there's bloody fingerprints on the headboard <gasps> yeah. there's blood like on the walls let the bodies hit the floor <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor yeah was so metal. That's fucking great. It's so ska. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so ska. We ska sex. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. And then, uh, yeah, for the rest of the night, I was like pretty heavy bleeding all over his furniture. So I hope that was okay. <laughs> like, then I just started humping his furniture yeah. to leave my <laughs> mark, uh-huh. my scent. I actually recently got a spray tan and it's great for marking Ooh. your territory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It rubs White off on the sheet. pillow. It rubs and off stuff. all over their sheets and it washes off very easily. So you don't have to like pay them for anything. But when they, when you wake up, like your whole section is yeah. disgusting. You're and like, I'm like, a bot. try fucking another girl with that. If you're sweating and it rubs off on the sheets, does it also rub off of your body? Like, do you get splotchy? No, great question. I've recently become a spray tan expert because the, the show I'm on, you have to look tan in the interviews yeah. that we're doing in the winter. That's uh-huh. Bravo Summer, summer House. Bravo by Summer the way. House. So the spray tan, it kind of like dyes your skin in a way. And then 
after like two or three hours, it's okay if it rubs off on things because the dye is there. Mm-hmm. It just like seeps okay. into your pores. Okay. I'm probably going to get cancer from it, but it's okay. I mean, it can't be great. It's it's better than the, the, like, bed. the bed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a spray tan once. Um, we went to LA last year and I got a spray tan before because my... It's a long story. My sister was going to get one. Mm-hmm. She like, my sister's a rich bitch and she had a spray tan booth come to her house okay. like, to give it to her. Yeah. But then she ended up falling and breaking her arm and couldn't get it. So That's I, what I took her spray tan, which they're normally like kind of expensive. Yeah. That's what you get when they you're a rich bitch. They only last. You, <laughs> you fall off your, your fucking, you yeah. fall off your stool trying to reach a high shelf for your Manolo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they're expensive. Like I wouldn't, it's, you know, because they only last a week. If they lasted a month, oh. I would be getting them all the time. Yeah. But, you know, like $100 for a week is like. Fucking- yeah, it's really just a week. And then you start looking like you have skin issues. Nothing yeah. against skin issues. I'm, oh, because it because pe- it's like it peeling. It starts to peel in weird places. Like even right now. It peels? I had one. It's not peels. It just gets splotchy. Yeah. Or like when I was filming, they put a mic on my chest. Uh-huh. And then they untaped it. And I just had a square of white in the middle of my chest. <laughs> Ruined every outfit that weekend. It wasn't my fault. It was production. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't work with many necklines. Nope. No. Um, but they do look fire. Honestly, because what tan is like purely bronze? Like when right. I, I'm like half Italian, half European. Yeah. So like when I tan, there's a beautiful reddish tint mm-hmm. to all of it. So it gives you this bronze. And your boobs get tan? Yeah. Because you wear a bikini. Naked. You're normally just. Also, yeah, I'm getting so used to just being naked all the time now that I'm like trying to be like prettier in terms of like doing stuff for my body. Do you feel oh. like a powerful woman? Um. Mm-hmm. I because like I'm working on it. Wait, so why are you you're trying to be naked more often to like build your confidence? Well, no, not at all. I just like don't care that much. Of, I don't care that much about how I look like growing mm-hmm. up. I think it's because I was an athlete and that's where my ego was, mm-hmm. not in my looks. Mm-hmm. Like my parents were not like you. You're really pretty today. They were like, did you win your match or lose? Yeah, um, which got me fucked up in other ways. But like with my self esteem of how I look, it's just it's not. You know when you have anxiety about something and you don't have anxiety about other things? Yes. It's like I just don't have anxiety about how I look. It doesn't mean I'm any more confident than anyone. I just don't worry about it all the time. Mm -hmm. But because I'm on my first this reality TV show, Mm -hmm. suddenly it becomes a thing where like you have to – be a little put together Ugh, like yeah. a little yeah like basically like my hair can't be completely frizzy and like i have to put on a little makeup sometimes uh-huh. and i have to be like if i'm just like pale i have to be a little tan and i've never well, thought yeah. of these things or like my nails have to be done my nails are never done yeah so but some things i put my foot down i'm like i'm not getting my nails done every week it's fucking expensive i'll get a spray tan because i i feel good in it yeah but i'm not like Doing my hair every time. I'm not. You know, I always wonder about that because on reality shows, especially like ones where. They don't have wardrobe for you. I had to go shopping. Really? Because for 12 weekends in the Hamptons, I had to go shopping. I dropped like so much money, but in my head I was like, I'm investing into my career. I think that's accurate. But I mean, I wear the same like black shirt and jeans every single day. Yeah. (laughs) So now you're wearing like a frilly dress and you're like, who the fuck is this? So I tried to keep it myself while also not disrespecting the process of like being on TV. Yeah, sure. Well, but I wonder because like, especially shows like that, part of the whole show is you going out and getting wasted. Yeah. So then the next morning, oh, yeah. are they filming you on the next morning? They film you, yeah. So I... And so like people are in, like I, I notice it, I notice it, I, I watch The Bachelor and I notice it on that, like girls will be like in disarray wearing glasses, but yeah. meanwhile their hair is perfectly yeah. done still and it's I not... I kind of was... I used it as an example of like if I want to be on TV and people look up to you, why not just show them your real self and yeah. people connect to you? So like there are a lot of scenes where I'm just not wearing makeup and there are scenes Damn. where I did wear makeup. Yeah, that's okay. great. But I feel like it's important. Like visuals are important. It's important to see women play sports. It's important yeah. to see women on TV without makeup. It's important to like make it acceptable. Of course. It's because it's like it's such a crazy reality that to to project that we would be put together all the yeah. time. And if I'm going to be aspirational on TV and people are going to like look up to what I do. Yeah. Then I'm going to start a trend where you don't have to wear makeup all the time. You don't have to do your nails. Yeah, because it's yeah. expensive. Fucking prison also. Also, it's- every guy you've ever been with or you're thinking about like attracting guys, like the right guy. I loves how you look without makeup. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Ma- makeup's a tool, but it's it's also like a trap in a way. <laughs> makeup's a trick. It's just it, a trick it, it to is trap a, people. It, fuck, it is a trick because do you ever go like five days without wearing makeup and then you like put yourself together and you're like, God damn, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, this is powerful, yeah. But it sucks because it's like 
even to like job interviews mm-hmm. or any like any type of thing where you're trying to like go get something or achieve mm-hmm. it's expected that you're like yep. wearing makeup I mean, there put are some together. jobs that require women to wear makeup that's fucked up yeah it's so fucked up. no that's fucked up yeah it's cr- it's crazy i like to compare makeup to blow jobs in that hear me out yes <laughs> my theory <laughs> both with, have a lot of blood my, go on. <laughs> my theory with blow jobs is you don't go in at a hundred the first time because mm-hmm. then he has an expectation that He's always gonna get this like ten minute long yes. like deep throating uh-huh. blowjob perfect rhythm. No, you go in a little messy, whatever. Tease, haha. He comes sometimes, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you do give that blowjob, he's like, "I'm so fucking lucky that she did this tonight." Not like, "Can I have another ten minute blowjob?" So with makeup, <laughs> yes, you're coming in hot every damn time. And then one day you don't wear makeup, people are like. Are you sick? Are you tired? Are you tired? Are you okay? No. You do not wear makeup, but then the day you do, you mm-hmm. walk in and people are like, who are you, my queen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's my theory. To the young yeah. women out there, be dumpy <laughs> 85 to 90% of the time. And then for 10%, you fucking also, use it. You start liking yourself in the mirror when you're always wearing no makeup. You yeah. start to get used to your face. Totally. But if you're, it's, it's like with your nails. If you take your nail polish off, you're like, my nails are disgusting. But if you never have nail polish, your nails are beautiful. Yeah. It's same. all perspective. I agree. It's bare nails, baby. I agree. Okay. I have one chunk of shitty nail yeah. polish. Yeah. I mean, this is also, this is a PSA to the high schoolers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't contour your face. Stop Don't doing it. Put fillers in your lips. Keep yes. the cheeks. Keep the cheeks. It's it's making you look young and well, fresh. Well, I, I wonder that now people are doing like preventative Botox and I know this uh, has been going so on. Crazy. I think it's bullshit. It's I, so I'm crazy. Like, well, let me give you my theory. Where does I've, this end? I've talked, I want to hear your I've theory. I've done my research because yeah. like Botox is in the reality TV world. Of course. And people say that it's preventative, but and even like professional people have gone, yeah, it's preventative. Yeah. I think this is an all bullshit from big Botox. I agree. Trying to get us because your skin loses elasticity just from aging, not from moving my eyebrows up and down. Yeah. Also, like you look fucking weird when you smile and your eyes don't move. Yeah. I, I, it looks great in an Instagram photo, but you know what? You could just put a filter on and save the pain and the money. Yeah, it's thousands. Sorry, of thousands I have a of strong dollars. opinion on this. I'm. I don't like no, any I'm, of I'm, it. I'm very upset about it, and like. Ugh. I brought it up recently with another female comedian and I, she, she was, had both. She had it. And I was like, uh, fuck, how do I walk myself out of this shit? Because I was, because I was like, if we are injecting botulism into our faces in our twenties, where does it end? You're smart. Right. Yeah. Where does this end? Like, she uses on, big words. I yeah. Like I mean, that's, that's, that's literally what it's, it's, it's freezing your muscle. Like one, what are the long-term yeah, effects I mean, of this? I'm not convinced that we, it's all going to be chill. Also your eyebrow muscles are weak as fuck. Yeah. Start working. Them. <laughs> I know, no shit. I saw a facial workout video sitting in like the lobby area of my building. It was a DVD and it was like, work out your face muscles to keep it young. It was a lady with a sweatband and fucking like arrows showing like lift, lift. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? There's something called face gym. You could be going to get a PhD. What are we doing? You could just have a conversation with someone and use your face when you talk. (laughs) Well, this obsession with like not aging is very, um, it's like a way to keep women down. Well, that's, and it's very similar to the way that I feel about dieting. Like it goes back to what you said. It's like, if we keep doing all of these crazy things, do we think that's going to stop when we're 40, stop. 50, it's 60? All, it's like how men have sports to distract them. Like we have all these people telling us all, we have that to we're do all these things enough. to not age, yeah. which is impossible to distract us from like the matter at hand. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's crazy bullshit. It's also like my mom is 65. Mm-hmm beautiful woman, very accomplished, wonderful, and is like talking about wanting to lose five pounds. And I'm like, (laughs) my uh, my 87-year-old grandmother was talking about wanting to lose five pounds. I was like, Grandma, it's over. I'm going to be a fat shit. When I'm 80, I'm going to be a fat shit watching (laughs) Jeopardy, like chilling, chillaxing. Like the joy of older people to me is that they no longer give a shit about what anyone thinks. Yeah. What a, what a joy. That's the number one thing that makes grandparents so funny. Oh yeah. I mean, a little racist sometimes, not a fan (laughs) of that, but like, 
No. You're like, what's with all these genders? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't understand it. When I was growing up, there were only two and a half. <laughs> that I'm like, take it or leave it, whatever. But but not giving a shit what people think is truly one of the gifts of being a matured person. Yeah. And now we're running around. You're going on keto. You're 65, lady. You're- Put down the bacon, grandma. Yeah. It's fucking. It's- Put down the bacon and pick up a roll. <laughs> it's such a goddamn trap. It's it's really it it fucking sucks. I but mean, if we can get ahead of it, we're smarter for it. Yeah. And I like to talk to people when they get plastic surgery to understand why. Yeah. Because like it's not like they're dumb or like no, they no. hate themselves. Like there's certain people, there's like legitimate reasons or feelings. I just get a, I feel like our faces are made to be what they are. Yeah. And if I change one thing, it's gonna make like an imbalance of other things. And the next thing you know, you have a new face. Yeah, it's gonna be odd looking. Yeah, I mean I could see like have if you have something on your face that you really fucking hate your entire life. Yeah. It, uh, but then I'd question like why do you hate it so much? Dig deeper. Be like, yeah. does it trigger you because like your dad looks that way and you hate your dad? Maybe you should talk to your dad or like someone bullied you as a kid. Maybe you should talk yeah, to no, your therapist I, about why that was so sensitive. I don't know. I yeah. feel like ultimately it's understanding yourself and not trying to fix yourself with external factors. Well, because eventually that will move to something else, I feel. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you fix your nose and next thing you know, there'll be something else you're pissed off about. Yeah. And you're just like well, 20 grand TLC in the bank. said, you could buy your hair if you won't grow. And you can fix your nose if they say so. Wow. And you can buy all the makeup the Mac can make. As India Re once said, I'm not the average girl from your video. And I ain't built like a supermodel. <laughs> I love that song. It's the best. Oh, it's so good. We got high as hell in LA and it came on uh, like a playlist that we're listening to. We're like, this song's <laughs> powerful. Um, I'm curious about... Uh, the athleticism stuff because if you you say that you didn't put a lot of stock into your appearance but did you have like did you have a dysfunctional relationship with whether it be your body or food or anything like that just great question from an athletic so standpoint? i was a tennis player who mm-hmm. are we're known to be a little crazy it's like the one yeah, sport tennis is crazy you intense. don't have a coach you're out there alone so it's the one sport where you see people like yelling at themselves like mm-hmm. like like a lot like psychopathic yeah. Tendencies. I fucking told you. Yeah, like Hannah, what the fuck are you doing? Breaking rackets. Like yeah. it's, it brings out your true character. It's kind of yeah. like golf, except you don't have a, have a caddy to be like, hey, man, yeah. that was tough. Just you out there and your psycho brain playing tricks on you. But that's why I like got into mental health because I learned about myself. through. I played tennis from four to 22. Wow. Um, but at first, physically, my body was just this beautiful vehicle that was help letting me play so like it was about taking care of my body making sure i had enough energy to play my match Mm -hmm. and like i just loved and bragged that like oh like my legs are really strong yeah Yeah. or like but i did when i was 16 i went to a tennis academy and you know 16 is very no 14 whoa it was 14 to 16 yeah it's a very vulnerable age for a woman Mm -hmm. a girl and i left my family to go there alone because i was ranked 14 in the nation. Whoa. And they were basically Damn. like, if you stay in New York City, you'll never compete with the girls down in Florida. You have to hit more balls. Interesting. So I left my family and I, my family is not like wealthy by any means. So they were investing into me um, a, m- m- more money than they could necessarily afford. Mm-hmm. And as a 14 year old, I felt so much pressure to perform. Yeah. It's like pageantry. Almost. It's like athletic pageantry. Yeah. 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 And it's like, this is your one shot from 14 to 16 to like make it and I started is that the age that you are like truly can make your mark like are you considered older as a tennis player if you're over 16 yes well like 14 to 16 I started playing international tournaments and Uh that's when like you can really start making your mark because by 18 you're either going to college or going pro Uh, so 14 to 16 is very critical okay um and it's like modeling kind of (laughs) yeah except a lot I mean except for a lot harder but yeah no it's okay you can put your right foot in front of your left harder than modeling yes (laughs) um but modeling obviously it's very hard to like be born that beautiful but like (laughs) one in a million one in a million Uh, I mean Gymnastics is similar though. Yeah. So I would say it's similar gymnastics where I was, I'm a perfectionist and I was like, how do I, they would kept saying stuff like, this is your chance. Don't, don't fuck it up. So I would, I started waking up like before practice and going for a jog and then eating like a bowl of oatmeal 
like a big bowl of oatmeal and then going to play three hours then go and have lunch which is normally like chicken and a salad and some pasta mm-hmm. which is like a lot but I would just like restrict myself to that mm-hmm. and I was just like being really itemized and then I might have like an apple and then I would go play three more hours and then go to the gym and then have my dinner and then go to sleep and realistically I probably needed more calories yeah but I started just being so I couldn't control what was happening around me. Like I couldn't control. They were changing it's stuff so with my forehead. Yeah. yeah, and like I was traveling, and I felt pressure with my parents and money. And next thing you know, I have an eating disorder. Yeah, that makes so 100% it's, it's called sense. like a female athlete triad syndrome, where you lose your period because you have such little body fat. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is I I really wasn't. I was eating probably like two thousand calories a day, but I needed more. But you were burning the so much. I was burning so much, but I was in such a perfectionist point. And finally, at like 15 and a half, I was like skinny. Yeah, and I can I, imagine. I wasn't dealing with a lot of the pressure well. Mm-hmm. And I just started crying one day. And sometimes your body will literally just tell you. Because in my mind, I was like, we're doing this. We're doing with this. We're doing this. And I just started crying. And I'm like, clearly, I'm not happy. Yeah. And no one was noticing around me that I was skinny. Well, because they're treating no you one. just like a like a machine. And yeah, performing. exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've been treated like cattle before. Mm-hmm. So it was that time that I realized I, I want to go back to New York City where I, I continued playing. And then I went to University of Wisconsin where mm-hmm. I played and I played professionally little. But um, ultimately, the hardest part was finding my own voice in that. At, from the eating, once I got home, I went to therapist for like two months and she immediately like helped me get out of it because mm-hmm. it was more like situational. Sure. And then from that moment on, I, I've i had a very healthy relationship with food. I would argue that I do like emotionally eat sometimes. As we all as do. As we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've like life is way too short to restrict food and I have a high metabolism and just like when I'm hungry, I I lose my shit. Yeah. Um, but I just learned that the conversation I was having in my head from a child was like a lot of voices of my coaches yeah. and my parents and people who were telling me what to do as just an athlete yeah. who your job is to be coachable. Yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of individual. So by the time I'm 23, I didn't know what I wanted because my voice had always just been like these critical voices in my head. Well, the critical voices are like Emily struggles with has struggled with eating disorders for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I hear most from my friends who've had eating disorders or in recovery at some point talk about how harsh the voices are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, well, I always say it's not really you. It's um, it's a separate person. You know what I call it? I call it your shitty roommate. It is like yeah. a shitty roommate. Yeah. Once you learn that the voice isn't you and it's just your shitty roommate trying to tell you shit and you could decide if you want to attach to it or not. Because mm-hmm. at first, the voices don't go away. The voices will be there. But it's how if you latch on to it or not. Like, do you want to get in a fight with her? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to just shut the door and say, like, thanks? And then the more you do that, like, let's say it's something about food. Like, we're enjoying obsessing about food. Mm-hmm. It's that obsession that feels comfortable to you. And once you – it's like fighting with a boyfriend. You're comfortable yeah. with it. But once you shut the door and, like, don't attach to it, you'll find other shit to worry about. But the food is just distracting you from an ultimate anxiety. Totally, totally. And and the more you – it's it's funny because, like, that – voice um it like you said it'll come to you in like the weirdest of times and tell you like okay the solution to this problem is to restrict and then you have to like the more you actively say okay logically i know that that's not true Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because i've done this before and Mm -hmm. i know that that doesn't solve anything Mm -hmm. the more you focus on doing what you know is best the less you kind of take that Voice serious. My life changed forever once I it's once I kind of understood the quote of you live most of your life in your head, make mm-hmm. sure it's a nice place to be. That like you can make a conscious decision to wake up and be nice to yourself, which oh, sounds yeah. crazy as like a type A person. But it's funny how you asked about my body. I just did like a TV show where it's like every angle of your body. And right before it, I injured my back. Oh, no. So I like, I my whole life, I work out like a couple times a week mm-hmm. just to stay. Like, it's like a dog that needs to be ran. Mm-hmm. And I was like drinking more alcohol than usual. I wasn't able to work out. And I put on like 10 pounds this summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But part of me was just like, my body is so unique in the way that your body's unique. Yeah. Your body's unique. And if like a guy is going to like me, 
He's going to love my unique body. I yeah. have like a long torso and I have like thick thighs and I have a nice butt. And like I didn't get boobs till I was 19. Like it's my unique story that you have to fall in love with. And my weight's going to fluctuate. Yeah. And once you're okay with that, like you can decide once you look at the scale and uh, gain 10 pounds because you were crazy this summer. Yeah. You can decide to tear yourself apart. Or you can go, you know what? We're just going to be nice to each other. And then you you don't put the energy towards the negativity yeah. mm-hmm. but it's like it took me a long time to get that kind of mind control i think it happened when you <laughs> i like to say this hitting like get being miserable and being depressed mm-hmm. like isn't a bad thing it means you're ready for change yeah absolutely. totally so sometimes like with an eating disorder or a bad relationship you have to get to like the worst possible part so you realize i never want to be here again oh yeah I- and it's once like bottoming out in alcoholism. It's very similar. Yeah. So once I got like I was really depressed because I hadn't like dealt with some tennis issues. I got out of a bad relationship. I felt really lost. And then I was like, all I want to do is wake up and like not be depressed. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I live my life. Sure. If I wake up and I'm not completely depressed and can't get out of bed, I'm like, it's a good day. Yeah. And it's helped me fight depression because I'm just like, all I have to do is be positive. Well, I think. Well, and also, I imagine therapy. Yes, and seeking I, therapy at the right I time. I sought therapy. I also discovered yoga. Mm. So after tennis, I a lot of athletes have a gym strike mm-hmm. where, like, the gym triggers you. It's a place I can that reminds that. you. Like, imagine you're you're captain of the tennis team. You're winning. You're having so much fun. And the next, literally, one day, they're like, "You're done." And wow. then you go into the gym and you feel like a loser. You feel like a has-been. Yeah. You have no reason to work out. Like I wasn't trying to lose weight. I just felt like I have no reason to work out anymore. I'm not trying to win a match. I'm mm-hmm. not going to win the US Open ever again. Then I would like cry and go – I'd leave the gym after five minutes. That's such a bizarre like re- reacquainting yourself with something that like everyone way. else is just like the gym. And you're I like, know. to me, it's like world championships. Yes. And then <laughs> – I, everyone's like, oh, go to Barry's boot camp. Oh, try this. But that was all triggering yeah, because sure. it reminded me of my trainers. So I discover yoga, yeah, which is this moving meditation of no judgment. Mm-hmm. So like I was terrible at it, but I kind of love that. Like sure. I was from a world that was like, had so much expectations of me. Like every time I step in the court, I was expected to win. Mm-hmm. But I go to yoga. I'm My hips are so tight. I'm so bad at it. But I I start enjoying being a beginner at something. Yeah, yeah, and yoga teachers are like the least judgmental people on the planet. Oh, yeah. They're always like, you can just go into child's pose and die and just stay there for <laughs> 20 like, years and it'll be okay. Take a nap if you want, whatever yeah. makes you feel happy. You can lay on your back and fart. Nobody will judge you. <laughs> so I started doing yoga. I got a new routine. And then I I sought therapy and I talked to about like I opened about, up about all my stuff and I just realized it's ultimately me finding my own voice and then listening to it. Yeah. And doing what I want. Well, I think also like you mentioned that you're type A. I'm a very type A person too. And there's like a lot of, in my mind, there's always been a lot of, I viewed vulnerability as weakness, mm. which is like a, which is taught to like most people. I think we like societally. Especially are, men. Yeah, I know. And that sucks. That's fuck them up. You really fuck them up. <laughs> They're always just crying and then shooting people <laughs> and raping everyone. Oh, myriads. Just take a like, hug or something, dude. Um, but, but it's also like, I viewed taking time for myself or like taking care of myself or just having fun as a failure as like you're not working towards your goal right now. Like you're lazy. You're a failure, lazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so but but it, it it would it would ultimately not benefit me more because I would work myself to the ground to the yep. point of exhaustion. And I still struggle with this all the time. Like I was up till five in the morning cleaning the other night. We are, it does, it does not end. So you have these like manic phases kind of. Absolutely. And like, you know, I'm not under any illusions that I'm, that I'm just one day going to be so well bound. Like I've got to be realistic with, with how things are. But, but I now I'm like, okay, do we need to do X, Y, Z till five in the morning? Sometimes I, I am under so much stress that I have to do it and it calms me down. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just going to listen to this. And then next time you're, you're going to try to maybe not so much, but yeah. like, but, but, but if I do take time to like sleep or have more balanced time or <laughs> have, like, God forbid I get six hours of sleep. Yeah. One night. Have fun with my friends. 
I become a more productive person I overall. I used to be so bad at having fun with my friends. Yeah. Like, because I was always a tennis player, so I, I'd never prioritize friendships. And then with friends... Cutthroat, yeah. Oh, I was cutthroat, You bitch. probably thought you were losing progress if you had any yeah, fun. If I and if it wasn't productive for me, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. So I would never live in the moment, or I'd be with people, and if there wasn't, like, a hot guy, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know why I'm here. This isn't productive for me. Like, it's, I did... This is, like, when I was younger. Sad life. Well, it's sad, too, because think of my female friendships. It was yeah. all girls... Literally, that I had to beat their ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was like a full. And I'm actually, as I'm learning more about myself, I'm not that kind of com- like I'm very competitive, but I'm I'm very empathetic and actually sure. hated it. Yeah, I, I can like imagine female friendships have changed my life. Of course, now that I've learned that they're the best. But I grew up being like I hate everyone named Jessica. They can go fuck themselves because they're standing between me and my goal. But I think it's changing your goals. Yeah, like my. My idea of success turned from like, you know, winning the US Open or like being really rich or like dating the best guy ever mm-hmm. to literally just being happy. Yeah. So if you're prioritizing happiness, it's interesting how other things will f- will follow cuz if you have that positive energy, the right jobs come, the right men come. Yeah. The right like the right people patterns and people life. in yeah. your life happen. It sounds so weird to be like let go and just focus on making yourself smile. Yeah. And then I didn't even know how to make myself happy. I was like, uh, you hit tennis balls like all the time. Well, yeah, you didn't it doesn't seem like you really had much of a childhood, too. You no. kind of have to like re give yourself a childhood. It's it's like in therapy they call it reparenting and it's like yeah. you kind of have to like give yourself permission to play. But it was also play. weird because it was glorified. Oh, Everyone sure. was like but she's the amazing tennis player. Yeah. And in my head I was um feeling so much anxiety with it so I felt like a tortured soul that couldn't tell anyone. Yeah. And as you know especially with like eating disorders if you keep something a secret it grows and grows and yeah. eats you from the inside. But um. I was fortunate out of college. I got a sales job that immediately I was like making good money mm-hmm. and realized that money does not give me happiness. I know. Isn't that a fun trick when then, you realize that? You're like, oh, fuck well, off. Fuck that. I thought that Are was the serious. <laughs> so like I was like I was cold calling. It was a terrible job. I was miserable and I was making like good commission yeah. right out of college. And I was like, well, money's not going to do it for me. Cold and- calling is the soul crusher. The soul crusher. I had to do it a bunch too. It's like I calling people that just immediately hate you. You're like, all can day. I bother people all day? Mm-hmm. And like, as an empathetic person, it's my le- oh my god. Yeah, and then I've dated someone who's very successful. Mm-hmm. I've been around like fame mm-hmm. and money and like hotness. I've dated hot men, and um, a lot of them suck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So after get seeing all those things, I'm like, oh, I literally just want my own happiness because literally, fame, money, hot guys don't do it. The for trifecta: me. fame, money, hot guys. <laughs> yeah, that was all I like really cared about before. Uh, that's what a, a lot of people care. I mean, and success. Like, I wanted people to respect my name. Yeah, but yeah, that doesn't status? come until you respect yourself. Absolutely. Oh, wow. No, oh my I, God, I just came up with that. <laughs> Love Sorry, it. I, um, I, you know, we have to wrap it up soon, but we usually ask on this show what makes you a hot mess. So I'm going to direct that question oh, yeah. to you if you have any thoughts that we didn't cover. Yeah. It's funny because I am like known as a hot mess in my friend group. I but, mean, you seem very together, but... Oh, my God. Do you have yeah. demons? Thank... <laughs> do I have yeah. demons? Well, my podcast is Burning in Hell, where I talk yeah. to people about their demons. Um, I'm a hot mess, because I think because, like, I purposely don't care about a lot of shit that I should care. Like, I prioritize little things in my head, but mm-hmm. then, like, I don't give a fuck about the outfit I'm wearing that day. I don't give a fuck about my hair. I don't give a fuck about, um, like, doing the little things that, like, girls are supposed to do. Like, yeah. I just care to be present and emotionally stable and like all the other shit can fall by the wayside. But while you're making fun of me because I don't have my nails did, like I meditated instead yeah. and like feel more and feel connected to myself. And meditating is very hard. I don't want to act like I do it every day because I don't. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a hot mess, days. but you just have to own it. Well, like, yeah. Like I can never have all my shit together. Like logistics can go fuck themselves. But if I can have my head together, yeah, then that's okay. It's also like... When whenever I see someone who's like put together, I used to work in fashion, so I'm oh, wow. very yeah. What, what brutal people? Well, the worst of the, the worst. worst, like worse than finance guys. I know, truly mind blowing. Like I look, but as soon as monsters, whenever, oh, true monsters. Whenever a friend starts working in fashion, I'm like, I'm like, I'll pray 
and they R. lose. They, yeah. they don't understand the value of things. They're no. like, these shoes are three hundred dollars. They're fifty percent off. You should get it. Oh my god, this silk tank is only six hundred dollars. What a steal! Yeah, and and but I was like, I I just. I had I had a very good job by the end. I had I was making like six figures. I you know and and I climbed the ranks. And I I was not a shithead the way fashion people mm-hmm. uh, were, but like I would see the like well put together fashion person, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, it is a nightmare in that head because they're mm-hmm. never everything's perfect. They're yep. always like, oh my god, I have to have my yogurt, so it's not enough calories. Yeah. And fucking the hair is perfect, no. the, and it's like it's never. Let go, baby. It's never good enough. My goal recently, it stopped being like how much money I'm going to make or like what level of Instagram followers I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. I literally just wanted to set my life up somehow so I can get a studio mm-hmm. with my cat. I like that. So like I wanted a safe space for myself, but it came with like being fairly successful sure. and getting a cat. Yeah. Um. And Fucking two goals. months ago, I got a studio in Long Island City with my cat. Yeah, babe. Thank you. And like, that's literally all I need for my happiness. So it's like, find these like little core things that you need for your happiness that don't have to do with money, don't have to do with guys, and be like, like I need these things for my happiness, and manifest that shit, and it'll happen. Yeah. I, I know that sounds corny. Sounds but like, like paradise. No, it really does. A studio with a cat. Oh, I love it. It's. I can't wait. I miss her right now. Well, external, external validation will is always fleeting. And it, it also like... It, it will change. It's out of control. Like, that's the thing is like, we are obsessed with the idea of controlling things and yep. we have lots of coping ne- mechanisms. Yep. AKA cleaning your floors till four in the morning. Um, <laughs> and it's like, did you really control anything more? No, you lost your own abs- sleep and feel like shit the not. next day. Absolutely not. And like a lot of those coping mechanisms t- do take a really long time to like back out of, but it is good to un- understand that that is a trick that you are playing on yourself mm-hmm. and it's not grounded in any real like karmic and if you can find like a couple things that really ground you that are authentically you like i know i need my cat for my happiness Mm -hmm. and i want my own space Mm because when i'm around people sometimes like i I lose so much energy yeah i'm like that kind of introvert extrovert yeah so it's like if i I i'm creating a home in my mind Mm -hmm. that's that i'm happy to be in yeah and a physical home that i'm happy to be in isn't that what life is just like being okay with your home and your head and yourself and yourself yourself. yeah i mean you can't you cannot attach emotions to external things i mean you can but you're not going to truly be happy because external things will always change you have to attach your happiness and your self-worth to something that doesn't change Mm -hmm. which is hard to but think it, of something that doesn't. it could be like fit. how you react to things. That could be consistent. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny too when you like get the thing like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was doing some, I was doing some booking. I'm going out to LA mm-hmm. um, and, and I was doing some booking and I have like, I'm there for a week and I think I have like eight shows right now. And I was so pissed all of yesterday. And three of them are. This is not terrible for LA. I know. I know. Well, this is exactly it. So three of them are also good shows. LA can They're catty. They're catty as hell. Yeah, they they care about fame a lot. They are the goddamn worst. But like, I remember maybe a year ago when I went there and I was just excited to have one show because I didn't (laughs) know anyone. And now I have eight and I'm like, whatever. I don't even have like the big one that everyone, you know what I mean? But instead you could be like, oh my God, I could take some time like for myself to explore LA. Yeah. But it's all your perspective of things. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to get that show one day and and then I'm going to be like, not good enough next thing. And it's like, I need to just take a moment to appreciate things and it's like respect your thoughts if you go into that with a negative feeling that could affect how you treat one comedian who tells another comedian who affects a gig with you like respect your thoughts and twist it because it will if you want to control your future control your thoughts you will yeah and another thing i've i've we've learned this over and over again every step of the way is like the the opportunity or the person that helps you is never the person you expect. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, because you always think it's going to be like everyone has these high stakes things. Yeah. And and absolutely those things are important to strive for yeah. and like work your way to. But like every like first time I was asked to perform at a club, first time we were like in New York Comedy Festival for our podcast, like all of these things were like people that were just kind of like, in our lives and you and can't plan that kind of success yeah. like you can't control it and actually i think that planning is limiting like if you yeah. plan something you actually lose other creative opportunities yeah. you have never even thought of 
And I also think when good things happen to you that are right, sometimes like when it happens, you feel exactly the same because it means you're in alignment. Yeah. Like you're just going the way you don't. Wow. It's like with a right guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you when it's a guy who's not meant for you and you feel like you're reaching or he's treating like shit, you get so excited over his text. But the right guy actually feels a deep comfort. Yeah. And Calm. that means you're in alignment. Yeah. Yeah, and you bleed all over his apartment. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I let go and let God. I feel so centered right now. Um, yeah, Hannah, dude. where can people find you, follow you? You guys can follow me at Being Burns, B-E-I-N-G-B-E-R-N-Z on Instagram and Twitter. And then listen to my podcast, Burning in Hell. Yes. It's where I talk to successful people about their demons. I have been listening to Hannah's podcast. It's fabulous. Thank you're, you. You're a wonderful interviewer. Like very... I appreciate you. Someone just commented and said I was an awful host on um, podcast app, but... Was we it, we was, saw that. Was it an we, iTunes we review? We saw that. Never got a bad iTunes review until this morning. Isn't and I was it, like... Isn't it so infuriating when somebody gives you one star and you're like, you just brought down my whole score yeah. you went to the top of the page and you're saying some bullshit yeah. they wrote that doesn't even make awful sense awful host and I was interviewing not a comedian she was like a ballerina who was really yeah. scared and I was trying to like push her through the interview and uh-huh. they were like you kept talking over her and I was like you know what if you don't want to hear me talk then leave it alone you know what I, I, I saw because we we like to like research our guests yeah. and I saw that review and we've recently we got one that said we were like entitled that we, and racist racist because we said something about China but it was misinterpreted <laughs> Let's not even go back to China Gate. We don't even want to fucking start. Uh, We've brought it up literally every Uh, show. No, I just, I feel like that's said about a lot of hosts. Like even top podcasts, I see that all the time. Oh, yeah. So I kind of took it like, I mean it. And it's also like, (laughs) you know, the haters, the haters make you famous. I mean, someone was like, I'm going to listen to one episode and say she's an awful host. It's all, yeah. It's also like if you're not, the people who write batshit stuff like that, it's like you're not trying in your life. I very Mm -hmm. much believe this. Like when people (laughs) write YouTube comments and shitty things, it's like you are not in any way throwing your hat into the ring. So you're Mm -hmm. going around and criticizing other people. I understand like, a valid criticism or critique from like a person who like even a critic, you know what I mean? Like I understand the space to, to be, to critique art, but you're just, yeah. But anybody who comments weirdo and anybody who comments on a YouTube video saying like, you're too fat to be on camera or like some (laughs) incomprehensible bullshit is like, you're sitting on the sidelines and you're just like spewing shit. Cause you're unhappy with yourself. No, I I fully know. Like at first when I had my Instagram, which is all my friends laughing, the second people started writing mean shit, I was like, Damn, I made it. <laughs> I love that. You just got to change your perspective. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, well, Hannah is a great interviewer. So oh, yeah, well, follow her shit. You. Also Thank watch you. her on uh, Summer House. Oh, yeah, Bravo. Summer House on Bravo. It is she a wild ride. She wears no makeup sometimes. Sometimes wear no makeup. You no, know, she keeps it real. And yeah. sometimes I have a spray tan. And her and... Uh, <laughs> sometimes both. <laughs> your Insta is also very funny. I was watching a bunch of your like sketches that you oh, put up. Oh, thank you. And uh, I saw like the ones with Betches to our friend Jesse Jollis is in some Love of them. Jessie. So Love Jesse. It's a Astoria fucking, girl right there. Oh, yes. She's the best. Yes. It's a great ride, people. Follow Hannah. <laughs> and uh, you can follow us at Hot Mess Comedy Hour on Instagram. Yeah. Hot Mess Podcast on Twitter. And if you would like to support us, visit patreon.com slash hot mess. We recently revamped it and have offered a lot of new rewards so you should check it out we're trying to get to uh to 200 by the end of june yeah we've reached almost 100 now and i love someone signed up and put their name as here's a dollar which is call back to our give me a dollar we also are getting like really sweet emails about patreon and like Lots of messages about the live streaming and stuff like that. We love when you guys reach out to us. It means so much. And your like contributions on Patreon really honestly mean so much. It's yeah. like life changing. And for just $10, you can get the 200 episode back catalog. So I mean, it's a me? fucking steal, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, And if you sign up before the end of June at any level, at uh, either the $5 or the $10 level, you'll actually get access to everything for a full month. So And you'll get... A piece of my stand-up that's not being released as a part of my right. um, EP in, in and July 1st. And it's juicy, 1st. let me tell you. Yeah, it's talking about my dad and I mean, his wife. she's taking it out of her special for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just great. Go check it out, patreon.com slash hot mess. Uh, and finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hot Mess Comedy Hour, and you'll be notified whenever we go live, um, which is typically Friday at 12 noon. It's, it's a comedy, comedy podcast. podcast.